You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, I want to tell you about Continental Belts. If you think of all the weird things that you find in cars, I'm not talking about French fries and melted crayons. I'm talking about live snakes, bizarre trinkets, the kind of stuff that makes you wonder about folks. Well, another thing that'll make you wonder, but in a good way, are Continental Belts. I bet you didn't know that they're OE and tens of millions of of Chrysler, Dodge, Ford, and GM vehicles that roll off the assembly line. They're also OE on a majority of BMWs and VWs. And now Continental is launching the aftermarket multi-V belt with the OE pedigree. It's their new OE technology series. These belts are fanatically engineered for perfect fit, form, and function. And Continental has an OE technology series multi-V belt for 98% of the vehicles on the road in the U.S. and Canada. So listen, you get enough surprises working on your cars and trucks already. A belt shouldn't be one of them. Go with the Continental OE Technology Series Multi-V Belt, the belt with the OE pedigree. To get the full story, visit oetechnologyseries.com. Hello, welcome to CarCast. I am Matt, the moderator, D'Andrea. We got Bill Goldberg calling in again. Uh, how are you, Bill? I'm awesome, my brother. What's up? Oh, man. Back, just, back uh, in town. Man. Back in town. Been traveling. You know, uh, we'll just remind you guys that uh, CarCast is brought to you by Geico. Check out geico.com and uh, Zybar for better engine performance, horsepower, fuel economy, and lower underhood temperatures. Zybar is an ultra-thin, high-temperature coating that reduces radiant heat by 90%. Learn more at Zycoat.com. So put Zybar on, take heat off. All right. So, yes, uh, just went to a New York Auto Show, uh, went out there with the guys from Nissan. We had a great time. They really took such great care of me. Um, actually, if you want to hear a little bit more about the travels, uh, check out Shift and Steer. That's the podcast I do with uh, with Brad Fanshaw and Aaron Hagar, two really awesome guys. We love those guys. They're so nice. Been in the car industry forever. This past week, Aaron called in, and he and I held down the fort on that show. We talked all about traveling for the New York Auto Show. But what we can talk about here is uh, a little bit about what we did, what I did while I was out there. I interviewed... I interviewed the chief product specialist for GTR and Z programs, Tamora, uh, Hiroshi Tamora, uh, who's fantastic, and our friend Pete Brock. Pete Brock uh, ran the BRE Enterprises. BRE is Brock Racing Enterprises. They, he, he ran the Datsun and Nissan racing programs out in the West Coast for the 60s and 70s. And, Bill, you, you'll be familiar. If you don't know the Pete Brock name all that well, he designed – while he was at Shelby, the Shelby Daytona Coupe, and mm-hmm. he designed the 63 split window Corvette. So, yeah, he should be on, he should be one of the guys on Mount Rushmore for sure. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He's, a, he's such a great guy, and we had a, 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 we've been friends for years. Um, at Monterey last year, when Adam and I did CarCast um, live at, uh, at, the, at the Rolex Historics, uh, Pete Brock was our guest there with John Morton. <clears throat> who was his driver at the time back in the day, and, uh, and they had a lot of success together. So it was great doing that. Um, but as far as the cars, 
the cool thing now we all know the GTR and the 370Z are getting a little long in the tooth. They've been out for a long time. People are looking for updates on those cars. Nissan is fully aware of this. There's there's stuff in the works. I they wouldn't tell me what the evolution of the GTR is going to be. Well. I don't want to say evolution because it, the car has evolved and it has gotten progressively better and it is it is more refined, more comfortable. I'm a huge fan of the GTR. I think it's a great daily supercar, if you will, if you put it in that category. Uh, Performance-wise, I think I would. And uh, uh, and the 370Z will be due for an upgrade as well. If I had to speculate, I would say the next GTR is still – two years away, maybe two years from an announcement, maybe it's three years production, I don't know, but at least two years away. And I would suspect because if everything is going some sort of electric, electric hybrid, electric performance, uh, it would it would probably be something along the lines of an electric hybrid performance car, um, a little bit like what the Acura NSX is doing, the gas, gas motor and then you know electric motors like for the front wheels, some version of that. Uh, I suspect it'll still be all-wheel drive. It'll have electrification, and it'll be used in more of a performance-oriented way, like we've seen with McLaren and Ferrari and, and Porsche is going to be doing and blah, blah, blah. Um, but what they debuted was several cars out there, which are kind of interesting. One, um, to pay homage to, to Pete Brock, they launched a 50th anniversary edition 370Z, and uh, Pete Brock worked with them on sort of designing the the livery, if you will, the paint scheme on this thing, and it has sort of a BRE-influenced design. Um, you can get it uh, white with, with the red accents, red hood, red chevrons on the door, or you can get, I believe, silver with black accents. Um, I can tell you the red and the white's the way to go. It's just the silver and black is cool, but it's too subtle and it just doesn't play uh, enough. But it looks cool. Um, but the red and whites want to. Would you want to go? They're only going to make fifty of these cars, and uh, it's got the interior pieces. You know, uh, the fiftieth anniversary stitching on the inside, and a couple of upgrades, but but nothing really performance oriented. But they're only making fifty. I don't know how to get on the list. Um, uh, and they haven't announced pricing. I don't think it's going to be very expensive because, you know, they didn't add a turbo. They didn't up the power that much. They they did a few things, and it'll be a nice package. It's exclusivity, though. Like if if you if you like the history, you you like the history of of BRE racing. You love the history of, of the Z program, and you're a collector. Um, this fits in that world you know you should you should get on the list for this uh, honestly a guy like adam carolla is the customer for this our, our friend randy jaffe that that uh owns uh, uh a bunch of z cars and is oh, such a nice guy and he's up at uh at monterey all the time in the midi and he's always racing the z cars he's got the john morton uh car that that john morton races for randy um he should definitely have one of these because his trailer is painted this color. His cars are painted this color. His shirts are painted or are, are, are done in this color. Like he should have one of these. So um, so it was fun to see that. And and it brought a tear to Pete Brock's eyes because he's such a nice guy and he has such great history and still not enough people know about his history. And we know about guys like Shelby uh, and, of course, Ferrari and not enough people, you know, 
know about uh, Pete Brock. You're talking the, you're talking mainstream, not knowing about Pete Brock because man, I mean, even even I know about Pete Brock. Yeah, he's a he's a legend. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just in the car world, yes, he's grown more and more, and uh, and and he's doing that. He's working more on licensing stuff and getting the toys out there, and he's get his name out there, and his appearances out there, and uh, and getting some recognition that he deserves. But um, uh, but yeah, beyond that. You know why there should be a you know a History Channel thirty minute you know whatever about Pete Brock or or an autobiography show on the Motor Trend about Peter Brock. Uh, um, Absolutely. Um, and uh, and he was so great. He came out dressed up in his vintage BRE gear, his white pants and his red jacket and his white. His, his, <laughs> His blue and white uh, polka dot scarf, which is the all the original stuff from back in the day, from the sixties and seventies. He had the original jacket, the original scarf. He was up on stage. He looked like Speed Racer. <laughs> and, That's uh, awesome. Uh, he and I sat in the green room. We went over a few questions and answers. And and uh, he's such a he's such a nice guy. And he's so smart. It's funny. So um, the other cars that came out that we'll, we'll talk about is there's a fiftieth anniversary Nissan GTR. Uh, it's blue with a with a with a pearl white and uh, stripe and 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 uh, and some silver accent, which is fantastic. And a new 370Z Nismo, which is really pushing the limits. It's vented vented front fenders coming off their GT3 race car and a lot of carbon fiber pieces. A lot of most of the body's carbon fiber. And then uh, the big performance upgrade is uh, massive. Uh, carbon ceramic Brembo brakes front and rear. It's like sixteen one or sixteen something in the in the front, um, and uh, and fifteen uh, in the in the back. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Sixteen point one inches uh, uh, carbon ceramic brakes in the front, the discs in the front. Fifteen point three in the back. I got up on these things. It's fantastic, and uh, uh, the new raised aluminum wheels. The carbon fiber body pits and the and the carbon uh, ceramic brakes cuts about sixty seven pounds off of uh, off of the GTR for the Nismo edition and um, upgraded turbos give it a little bit better throttle response but the power is still uh, six hundred horsepower for the Nismo edition six hundred I want to say four eighty one pound feet of torque um, but. Uh, but just a little bit snappier and a little bit quicker overall. And the R modes, like if you guys saw the Instagram video and I was doing the launch control in the uh, in the Nissan GTR we had a while back, <clears throat> um, all of those when you click those on, it all sort of reacts faster now, so you can kind of get into that mode a little bit better. So they've revised it over the years, and it's kind of neat. So now we have a GTR. We have a GTR 50th anniversary edition, and then we have the Nismo, and the Nismo is obviously a big price jump, but there's a Nissan GTR track edition, and the track edition fits in between the normal GTR and the Nismo. So somewhere between the hundred grand and the hundred and seventy-five grand is the track edition, but the track edition has the upgraded turbos on it, and it is also six hundred horsepower. So now you have sort of a small, medium, and large, if you will, of of the Nismo. And the 50th anniversary one, beautiful interior, gray, uh, just just a, a gray finish on a black dash, gray seats, uh, two-tone gray seats. It's really, really kind of neat. So um, nice little revisions for there for that. Um, uh, 
Anyway, it was a great event. I got to interview uh, uh, Hiroshi Tamura and Peter Brock, and we're going to take that interview at some point and probably cut it into a future CarCast episode. Um, as you're listening to this now, it'll probably be maybe the next episode uh, with, with Adam uh, on Friday. We might cut it into that. Um, but but a great trip, and Nissan was fantastic, and I love everybody over there, and they, they took such great care of me, and it was such a great fan. It was my first time going to New York Auto Show, uh, be able to kind of see that and, and, and walk around New York a little bit and, and have some fun there. And again, I, I, I told more stories about that in Shift and Steer. Um, uh, anyway, I wanted to check in with you as well and see what's going on with uh with your stuff let me tell you guys a little bit about uh zybar first and then uh uh we'll check in on what's going on with your projects and then i don't know if you heard about this or saw this yet bill but the charger wide body was spotted filming in a commercial so no camouflage or anything and somebody caught an eye of it so it's putting it out there so i think it sort of confirms what we already knew is, is I cannot confirm or deny <laughs> anything, any well, information, any that was a fictitious video. And I, I was shooting a commercial last week, but it was in snow, so I don't know where that came from. All right, I think, well, it's, I think someone made it up. Hold on a sec. We're going to get into that a little bit, but first, I'll tell you guys about Zybar. You've heard us talk about this before. This is an ultra thin coating. For manifolds, headers, turbos, tailpipes, mufflers, and tips, it's a thickness of 0.001 inch and reduces radiant heat by 90%. This is the first DIY thermal coating of its kind. You can apply Zybar yourself. There's a video and written step-by-step instructions at Zycoat.com. And they have three awesome colors. They have bronze, they have midnight black, and cast silver. And Zycart right now, Zybar is available at Zycoat.com and auto parts locations such as AutoZone. So you can check that out over there. Right now, CarCast listeners get 15% off plus free shipping on all online orders. Just go to uh, Zycoat.com and enter the promo code CarCast. That's Zycoat.com, promo code CarCast for 15% off plus free shipping. Put Zybar on. Take heat off. All right. So <clears throat> you went out and started filming new commercials. I keep seeing uh, uh, more and more of the Muscleville commercials. Those are fun. Uh, the Dodge Muscleville commercials. And I see you walking around and shaking hands, the mayor of Muscleville. <laughs> and, uh, and we all know you've been growing out the beard. Yes, and uh, and now it's and now it's gone, and now it's gone. So you're done. Are you sure you you did go too quick on that? You didn't have to reshoot. (laughs) They're not going to call you back in a week. "Ah." (laughs) No, there 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 will be no reshoot. Um, It'll be a prosthetic beard, if so. And uh, you know, hey, uh, never say never. But yeah, uh, we're done. We're done. And it was a it was an awesome night. It was. uh, I, I've never seen it snow up in uh, north LA, north of LA, you know, about fifteen minutes. But uh, it was it was a very interesting uh, six p.m. to six a.m. for sure. It was awesome because you know uh, I have been associated with Dodge for a short period of time, and I don't know if you know Samuel Hubinet, but yep. Samuel is a guy that I met at uh, Optimal Ultimate Streetcar Invitational years ago when I was hosting it. And uh, Bud brought him on board to do a little stunt driving. 
and he took me for a little rip and uh, we got to be pretty good friends in that very short period of time. But, um, you know, Sam does a lot of drives. <laughs> Obviously he drives for uh, a lot of different commercials, but he's been a Dodge guy for a while, driven in a lot of their stuff for a while. So I have tried in vain to book a commercial where he was driving on it simultaneously to me filming. And thank God this time it actually happened. So it's been 11, I think 10, 11 years since I've seen this guy. Wow. Um, but uh, it, it feels like yesterday. But then he, uh, he's an un- unbelievable driver. We had a great commercial. Um, Santa Claus uh, is coming. That's for sure. And, uh, it, there, there, there'll be some surprises, no doubt. But there was snow on the ground. So I, that video, I, I have no idea where that came from. <laughs> oh, so you're talking about the... Uh... The Charger wide body video. I don't know where that came from. I guess they're filming some stuff, but your stuff is interesting. I don't know if it was your social media or somebody else's. I saw like a detailed team out there working on the uh, on Santa's sleigh, <laughs> the Hellcat. Sleigh. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 actually to spill the beans a tiny bit. That's uh, we were filming the opening shot of me flying through the air uh, in my badass sleigh and uh, trying to find a place to park. I can't really tell you much more than that. But, it's it's um, interesting because you see it in the commercials and I, you know, I, I get it's supposed to be kind of like kind of fun and, and, and a little bit gimmicky and that's what makes it sort of lighthearted and, and fun with those. But uh, I saw the sleigh at the LA auto show and got up on it and I was like, it's, it's pretty cool. Like they did a pretty good job putting that thing together like it's pretty badass to see in person and i don't know if it you know it you, you kind of if you get a chance to come out to an event and see it and i'm sure at the end of the year it'll 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 they'll start promoting it putting it everywhere but uh it's kind of it's kind of pretty cool to see i think if they had it at the la auto show i don't think they let people sit in it during the public days but i think during the press days they had they let people sit in it and get some pictures of it and and stuff but i, I they, saw they it. did that transformation in two weeks that shop up in la yeah and uh I mean, it's the the fit and finish is absolutely amazing. You look up close, and you can't really tell. No, that's the thing. It's like the build quality is you know, really good. Done that. And they, and like the like the the uh, the windshield. I mean, that's the original windshield. They just just shaved it. So yeah, um, there's a lot of lot of stuff that you can't really see that. <laughs> Pretty it's that. got a lot of the car pieces in it and and you're right you're like we understand the tv and movie magic but you get up on it you're like it's actually pretty it's built pretty cool like they did a pretty Dude, that good thing job. starts and i mean it it's yeah it's a it's a you know it's a 90 percent of that car is still there yeah i didn't even know there was that much car i didn't even know if it had an engine in it but you're saying it does oh yeah absolutely wow now that's badass <laughs> i like that um, yeah, that's cool. Man. Yeah, that is cool. So this uh, this uh, the social media post that's going around has the Charger wide body in it, and uh, you know, you know, we talked to the guys at Dodge, and and you know, obviously we don't work there, we don't know what's going on, but we can just tell you what what we think is going on. We saw the Charger wide body at uh, at Spring Fest, and was kind of wrapped up in the cool camouflage, and and. Uh, and there's no reason why they wouldn't make that thing. Now, I can't say if they're going to do a Charger Red Eye. I would imagine they would. That would be that would be the badass ride. That's the ride to get, right? Is the Well, the obviously body. we're all hoping and praying for that. We're, you know, um in talking to the guys, you know, I, I can't spill the beans because I don't really know. Um 
I'm just hoping and praying that since we saw that concept and it looked like it was a fully blown, you know, roadworthy vehicle at the at that time, um, uh, you know, they're 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 going to come out with that. It's just a matter of time. Um, whether they're going to do a red eye, I, I I hope and pray. As a Dodge guy, as a car guy, I mean, because that, you know, I've been I've been singing the praises of that Charger ever since I bought it. You know, yeah. I like it better than the Challenger. Um, it's actually a quicker and faster car. Um, and it sure as hell handles a little bit better, but, um, uh, you know, Hey man, that, uh, the color was kind of strange on that car too, man. On, on that video, I did see that video, yeah. but, uh, I mean, uh, who knows, who knows you and I both know that, that the, the chances are really good that that car is coming out. So you never know might be sooner than later. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we're downing the Charger wide body. I'm pretty sure that's happening. But you're right. The speculation is on on a potential red eye at some point, um, which which would be cool. And you're right. The the you know the the Charger. You and I have been in your Charger uh, uh, several times and and been around it. And, and that is a fun car. That is a fun car to drive. So it was cool to kind of see that in the video. Um, and you know, walking around uh, New York Auto Show, there was a lot of stuff going on over there. Um, some cool stuff. Obviously, electrification is still a big thing. SUVs are a big thing. Um, uh, I, I think, I would say New York Auto Show. Um, people tell me that it's always a good show because they have they have a lot of supercars and stuff going on over there. So just tell us, tell us, get to the point. I mean, I don't mean to cut you off again, but what was you? You went to both the shows, right? And I didn't go to either. And as a as a car guy and as a viewer, or excuse me, a listener, um, what are the big differences between the two, the two, 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 the two monstrous car shows? You know, if you if you're comparing L.A. and New York, for some reason L.A. seemed bigger than me. To me, I don't know if it's the footprint or whatever, but it seemed a little bit bigger. Like I walked around uh, New York Auto Show, and then I was asking some people, I was like, "Where's?" Am I missing a room? I feel like there should be a little bit more. And uh, uh, so I think L.A. is bigger. Like here in L.A., they, you know, there's that big room that used to have all these supercars in it. And now it's pretty much all Galpin Motors. It's like Bo Bachman and like everything he owns is is in that room. It's, he puts on a great display. But uh, like there, was, there wasn't really that. There was a lower level that seemed to have some of the specialty things. I want to say Roush had something down there and uh, a couple of other companies had down there. Oh, and Nissan had a, a like a heritage car collection down there, um, which was kind of cool. A bunch of uh, old Zs and stuff they pulled out of their museum as just sort of a, a bonus to anybody going there for the Nissan stuff. Um but there, there was a couple of cool things that we saw while we were over there. First of all, uh, Porsche Speedster. Now, we saw the Speedster Heritage Edition, the silver and gray one that was at New York Auto Show. But we saw that at Rensport. Um, uh, I think it was in September we were at Rensport, and I believe we saw it there. Um, but the red car, if you go to my social media, if you go to uh, uh, Motorator on, on Instagram, um, you'll see the red Porsche Speedster. That is the production Speedster of the car. Um, pretty much, and uh, and it looks good. Like, you know, Porsche is good at doing all their little niche versions of it. Like, I'm a fan of the Targa and the GTS, and at L.A., they debuted the new 911. In New York, they had the new 911 Speedster, and we've already seen spy shots of a new Targa version uh, as well. So that car was very cool to see. Um, I'm still waiting to get my hands on the Jaguar F-Pace SVR. 
And uh, I wasn't sure they were going to make it, but now they've been talking about it for a while. They've been showing this blue SVR round. You know, the, the F-Pace, I think, is a good size SUV for L.A., for city driving. And and they stepped it up with uh, with their uh, uh, 550 horsepower version um, of, of the F-Pace. So this is a, a, a hot little SUV that will do 0 to 60 in 4.1 seconds. Um, you know, I think the top speed is going to be like 176 mile an hour, uh, eight speed automatic. Um, like I said, 550 horsepower, 502 pound feet of torque. It'll weigh just about 4,400 pounds. And it's a zippy little SUV. And, uh, it's, it's weird that we're seeing so many more and more of these performance SUVs coming out. There are spy shots now of, of the, uh, Aston Martin SUV. And it actually looks pretty good. I mean, obviously it's a it's a niche audience, but an Aston Martin SUV, um, and and there's been this talk for so long: does Ferrari do an SUV? Do they not do an SUV? And you know, one boss over there says definitely not. It's not in our pedigree. Another boss is like, yeah, we're going to do it. And uh, you know, they're a publicly traded company; they got to make money. And uh, not that they don't, but you know, they got to continue to make money and evolve. But I think we are going to see a Ferrari SUV. And uh, I sure hope so. And and I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Here's the thing is people I know everyone's not everyone like I don't think I don't think the Porsche Cayenne, whether you like it or don't like it, I don't really think it hurt that brand. It it did a lot for the company financially and the Porsche Macan and and it needs to evolve somehow. These all these car companies need to evolve somehow. And 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 who knows where they're going to go? Are we going to get a Koenigsegg SUV? I don't know. Probably not. It doesn't seem like it's in the works for a, a small niche, you know, very expensive a vehicle for for those guys. But you know, it Maserati has it. Alfa Romeo has it. You know, Jaguar has a hot SUV. Land Rover has a really hot SUV. Not just any SUV, but like all performance SUVs and. And uh, and Lamborghini, the Urus, like we're I'm still trying to get one to drive. Um, I don't know why they keep showing the yellow one around. It looks like a Pontiac Aztec. <laughs> and I was like, why make this? They obviously haven't heard the podcast, right? And uh, uh, but I I have a feeling that thing is badass to drive. So um, you know they they don't have a lot of press cars. We're on the list to get one. I want to try one out, see what we think. Um. Look, I, we were talking before. I drove the Alfa Romeo uh, Stelvio SUV, the Quattrofolio, which is a hot SUV, 505 horsepower. And at the New York Auto Show, they announced the N-Ring version, basically the Nurburgring version of, of the Giulia and the Stelvio. So they said, hey, 505 horsepower isn't hot enough. Let's let's make it hotter. I don't have the full specs on it, um, but uh, got up on it. It was sort of like a like a satin gray. It was kind of cool. They did a pretty good job on that. So... I don't know, in the world of hot SUVs, <coughs> excuse me, um, I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. Like, do Dude, we need... When I, when I had the red eye up at Auto, uh, at Auto Armor but to yeah. have the uh, Expel wrap put on, there was a black Urus up there. Oh, yeah. And, and I, you know, I'm, I'm a uh, larger than the normal average guy, and I'm not the biggest fan of that category of suv but i know it needs to be out there but man that damn thing was hot it was it was good it was a good looking good looking vehicle you know i 
I think that thing looks pretty good in black. I and I'm yep. y- you and I differ a little bit in that I, I'm not a huge fan of 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 just all like murdered out black black black. Like I get it looks good on some things for sure. Um, I just think it, it starts to lose a little bit of some of the vehicles lose a little bit of character of of what of what a car is. Um, it's all in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, it, it's funny. I sat down with 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 Peter Brock um, at the Nissan stuff, and we were looking at the anniversary edition uh, uh, GTR, the blue one with the white stripe. It has a dark wheel with like some blue accents in the wheel, so it was like blue with blue wheels. And we were sitting there, and we were talking about it. And I was like, I was like, Peter, you know, legendary designer, I said, Peter, take a look at this. I said, I don't think I love the blue wheels. And he said, he said, what it needs is, he's like, I'm okay. He was, he's like, he's okay with a dark wheel, black wheel, the dark, in this case, dark blue, blue and black. He said, but the lip of the wheel needs like a little bit of a silver or polish to it. And I said, oh, okay. And he said, because you need, the wheels are such a part of the design characteristic of a vehicle. And you need to show a little bit of a shape to it. And he said, it doesn't need a bright silver wheel. He said, it just needs a little bit of silver, like a polish around the lip, you know, in between the tire and the wheel, just right on the outer edge. He goes, and so when you step back and look at it, you, you do have those shapes. You do have these circular shapes that, that, that shows off that it's, it is a vehicle. It is a beautiful design sculpture, but also a vehicle. And he said, that's sort of a, a, a a vehicle design element that he doesn't really get away from so much. He does like to show that there's wheels on a car basically. And, uh, and I don't know, I, I kind of like what his, his, his rationale behind it. And as he was explaining it to me, um, that's one of the things that, that jumped out at him. And, uh, uh, I don't know what they teach at, at, at art center or certainly back in the day when, when he was, uh, when he was there, but I liked that was his thought process on it is make a vehicle look like a vehicle, you know? Um, well, well, uh, no question. Uh, anyway, so we were talking about the Aston Martin, uh, SUV. So sorry, sorry about those noises. That was one of the elves. <laughs> one of the elves. Wasn't me. I was waiting for my call. Literally. literally. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, you're way above the height minimum. <laughs> uh, all right well thanks the um the uh the aston martin dbx there's the, all the spy photos of it coming out i love that the camouflage on the uh on the, on the prototypes they know they're going to get spy photos so they run camouflage on them but it has sponsors on it <laughs> they're like all right well if you're going to take spy photos anyway we might as well put pirelli all over it and uh uh, you know, Aston Martin has this partnership with Mercedes Benz and uh, and and AMG guys, so you're going to start to see a lot more of of those elements into the car. I'm okay with that too. Why not have some of that German engineering when it comes to the electronics and the infotainment system and things like that? But um, this is going to be kind of interesting to see. <clears throat> excuse me, where uh, where Aston Martin goes with that. Um, all right. So before we uh, move on to see what's 
what is next. I'll tell you guys about Geico. You've heard us say it before. Everyone's got a to-do list. You drop off your dry cleaning. You pick up some milk. And now you can add, save hundreds of dollars on car insurance, and you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. Just go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. So if you want some extra money in your pocket, this is the most rewarding to-do you can do today. Check out Geico.com. Um, man, you know, so it's a, risk, it's a risk of me vomiting by not talking about muscle cars enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, every five minutes. Um, tell me about the new NSX. The, the new NSX or, well, yeah. So there's a couple things. There's NSX and new Audi R8 and Audi R8 mm-hmm. is the word out on that is the, that thing is, that thing is unbelievable looking if, if, you know, yeah. what you're about to say comes true. So the Audi R8 is coming to an end as a current supercar, and the next version of the Audi R8 is going to be uh, an electric supercar. That's what we're we're hearing, and I don't know if if, if it's going to be all electric or not, but um, I I think it is, and uh, what's going to be interesting, it's going to be based off of the Porsche Taycan platform. Um, which we're we're already hearing is is going to be pretty amazing. We've seen it up at Monterey last year. We're starting to see it at auto shows, and uh, we got to talk to one of the guys working on that project at, at Monterey last year, and it's going to be pretty badass. And uh, um, I'm interested to see what Audi comes up with as an all electric supercar. I like the idea of electrification in the performance world. I I understand. What we're doing as far as fuel efficiency and cleaner emissions and and things like that, um, but I like that it's used to increase performance. There's so much torque off the line with uh, with the electric motors that we we see car companies like Acura NSX and McLaren P1 where they're using the electric motors to get that thing going as quickly as possible off the line, and then it has the engine kick in uh, for its increased performance, you know, top end speed and whatever. And that combination and, and on a turbo car, it's fantastic because now you can use electric motors to fill in wherever there's turbo lag. So you can, yeah, you can brilliant. which is brilliant. You're right. It's, it's like now you can size the turbos up to make more of your mid range and top end power and use the electric motors to fill in that low end and anywhere there's turbo lag or a dip even on the super high performance cars if you're if you're on a track and you slow down into a track you need to get into a corner and you need to get out of it the use of 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 electrification is is awesome and this is why we're seeing like I oh, I don't know what was it, like a Pikes Peak record or something was set in like an electric VW or I don't recall this story we talked about it a long time ago but uh, uh, and also at, um, actually you and I when we were at um, Goodwood Goodwood yeah yeah I think the fastest lap time was an electric car up the hill didn't, climb. didn't surprise me one bit yeah it was uh, i forgot whose it was it was you know it was it was, obviously it was a race car and it was all set up to you know for that but but the fastest time up that hill was the was was the electric car and i think it beat the the gtr p1 um i'm sorry not gtr the mclaren p1 gtr i think sort of the the racing the race version. version yeah it's sort of the street car race version yeah um 
uh, of it. And, uh, and, and it was, it was badass. It was badass to see that thing. When we went back and watched like the replay video of that thing going up the hill, it is fast, man. Those things really move. Well, not, a, not only is it fast, but it's arguably the sexiest looking car on the planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's badass. Um, uh, at LA auto show, we went over and we saw the Rivian, the the pickup truck and the SUV, the electric pickup truck and the SUV. And I went over and I talked to these guys for a little bit, and they seemed like some cool guys. And then uh, at New York Auto Show, uh, I went back over there and I was walking in, and they had a booth right up front. And uh, one of the guys was like, "Hey, Matt, come over. Let's talk cars." I was like, "Okay." And uh, we started getting into it a little bit more about what these guys are doing, and they seem to have a pretty good plan. Now, we talked about them before, I think, on a previous episode that— Yeah, um, we basically did a Rivian commercial on the on the podcast. <laughs> did, he, did he thank you when uh, when you two met? I, I think he listens to the show because he certainly recognized me, and he's like, hey, welcome back. Let's talk Rivian. And I was like, "Let's all right, let's do it. I'm surprised he didn't take you to lunch. <laughs> right? I was starving that day. Come on, guys. Um, they, uh, they got a big investment led by Amazon. It's not all Amazon, but led by Amazon. They got a $700 million infusion of cash, which is, or at least a commitment, which is great. The, uh, the, the pickup truck and the SUV, I think is scheduled to arrive around 2021. And then by 2025, they're going to have several other products. And, um, I, I think they have a pretty good idea of, of what they're doing over there. And what I mean is, is they're the, the good combination of, of creating vehicles, but remaining a technology company. And I think they're going to focus on building, um, uh, building things that could even be, uh, uh, an advantage to other car companies. Maybe they can create some technology they can license out to other car companies. And, and I, I always thought in the electric car world, that's where it is. If you can make a better electric powertrain, um, uh, then go ahead and license that out to, I mean, think about all the different vendors car companies are using. I mean, I hate to bring it up in a negative sense, but Takata airbags, those were recalled because they're terrible. And look at every single car company in the world going like, oh yeah, well, we all use them. Right. So that one was a fail, but, uh, but, but yeah, people use vendors like that all the time, tires and wheels and Alcoa wheels and things like that. Um, I like these things and I'd want to get in one of these things and I think it's going to be a little while, but, um, I don't think it's totally out of the question. Um, I like the utility of it. I like that there's, you know, it, uh, you know, the different battery sizes and the range of these things and the towing capability and, and, and they're, they're pretty cool looking. Um, I think they'll work out a couple little things over time, just functionality issues like, Things that we've never known before, like we're starting to figure out where on the vehicle should a plug be? Should it be in a front fender? Should it be in a rear fender? In the rear quarter panel? Like where should you put your power outlet thing? And it's little things. It's like, do you have to step over the cable? Are you going to trip over the cable? Is it easy to plug into? And where do you mount your charger? And, and I think th- I think those things are crucial, and those will come with time. Those are coming with time, you yeah. know, with the electrification of these vehicles, but. I'm still a big, big fan of aesthetics. So yeah. what originally turned me off to these vehicles was that the forefront of them was a Tesla. And I think that they look like, you know, uh, an old Taurus to yeah, me. Yeah. So I, I think, uh, you know, in looking at the photos of this, this Rivian, 
or the Rivians, the the SUV and the pickup truck. I mean, I'm curious, was the what what size was the pickup truck in person? Was it like a mid size? Was it a was it a you know a small small pickup? You know, th- that's a good question. Um, I, it didn't look mid size to me. I'm not sure if it's F one fifty size, but it's not Ford Ranger. I would say bigger than Ranger. I mean, I'd have to, I'd have to get the specs on it, but I would say because you know, because as a car guy initially, and I'm not the biggest, you know, as you know, and the the listeners know, I'm not the biggest fan of electrification. I mean, I am of the principle, but not of the product. You know, aesthetically, it has to, uh, it has to satiate you know a couple needs, and then you know, there's the sound issue, but. What originally brought my attention to that truck, I mean, first and foremost, is the availability of 600, what was it, 600 horsepower in one of the versions? Yeah, I don't have the specs, but there was a high horsepower version, but it was really about tons of torque and towing capacity. They were still making it a truck. Yeah, and that was was it. But but in looking at those pictures, man, they've got to do something aesthetically with the front end of, of those vehicles. Next time you t- you see your buddy, because it kind of looks like a it kind of looks like a cartoon character, you know, like a I don't know, man. It's, it is very futuristic. Of, I I I don't mind it. Like when you see it up close, it's kind of interesting to see. And uh, I guess maybe well, I'm focused more on. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, it is interesting, and um, I guess when I got up on it, it was more interesting to see up uh, up close and in person, and and sort of the pass through storage stuff, like you you can't do on a normal truck, and and uh, uh, it's it's interesting to see. But I, so I guess you might be more interested in an electric F one fifty that Ford's working on. Well, yeah, I mean, it it, it depends on. I, I'd much rather have a Dodge, <laughs> Dodge Ram that they're working on, you know. But it, it, it again, it, it it completely depends upon the entire package. Since there's so many things out there these days, um, electrification, great. Hey, yeah, uh, torque, awesome. Uh, the horsepower you get out of it, awesome. But it, it all boils down to when you have these this many choices that we're starting to have. It's going to boil down to aesthetics for me. Yeah. And, you know, performance obviously you know has everything to do with it. But aesthetically, look at what the the Taycan did yeah. when it came out aesthetically, because it was like one of the first mass produced, you know, on the forefront. Uh, vehicles that had actual character to it when you looked at it aesthetically, it didn't look just like a, a thing of clay. And that's 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 me talking. You know, it, it it definitely caught my eye. And and you know, if it looked like the run of the mill electric car as of late, you know, there's no way I would have made the big deal out of it and make the big deal out of it that I am right now. Yeah. Well, uh, I like the Rivian guys. I like the product that they're building. I hope they do well with it. I'd like to see it. Uh, I'd like to see it happen. I like to see these guys thrive. Um, it looks like it's a pretty cool thing that they're doing. And you're right. Well, shoot, are, look at their backing. Right. I mean, seven hundred million from Amazon. I mean, they must be doing something, right? Yes, and but also eh, seven hundred million is good. But like we've we've seen the amount of money that you know that. Tesla has gone through that. Uh, no question. That, that Fisker no question. has gone through. But, you know, comparatively, comparatively, yeah. You know, comparatively, this is their their if these, their uh, first shot. I think know? these guys and are their smart. Partnerships with the other manufacturers have a lot to do with it too. I mean, that that's that's some security. 
That's exactly what I was going to say. You're right on the money there. I think if these guys continue to form partnerships and develop technology for other companies, that helps bring in capital and engineering to make their vehicles uh, better, um, which will be which will be great. And you're right, the the Taycan is gorgeous, and I actually I like the Audi version, the e-tron, the the sedan that they're going to be doing. Yeah, um, it's cool looking. It is cool looking. Um, all right, so I'm going to tell you guys a little about this. Um, this is uh, uh, this is this this program called Stop because trains can't. It could can be frustrating if you're running late to find yourself stuck at a railway crossing. If the signals are going and the train's not there that yet, you can feel tempted to sneak across the tracks. Don't do it. Don't ever do it. Trains are going faster than you expect. It can take a train over a mile to stop, and what used to be your car is just would just be a crushed up hunk of metal. And let me tell you, we don't want to think about you guys inside that thing. If the signals are on, the trains are on its way. Just remember one thing, stop because trains can't. And uh, it's funny because we're reading this and I'm going to tell you guys, um, somebody, a very nice guy reached out to me, sent me a direct message on Instagram. And he's like, hey, thanks for reading that ad. That's actually pretty important. Um, Certainly in areas that have trains. And uh, uh, like I don't know if you're if you're traveling across the country, you don't normally have trains out. We don't have a lot out here, you know. We, um, but if you're traveling in places that you are, this is actually pretty important. He sent me. He is a train operator. He drives a train, and he sent me a photo of like a BMW X5 that got hit by a train. Now, luckily, everybody walked away from that. But man, that truck was screwed up. That thing was messed up. So uh, uh, thanks for reaching out. Thanks for uh, listening to the show. And thanks for sending me that photo. And, uh, and uh, we're, we're, we're happy that hey, everybody it, in that accident it, it, was alive it, and well. Entertainment entertainment's awesome. Uh, having sponsors are awesome. But being able to read something that could possibly save one or 100,000 people's lives you know, I mean, that's a that's a very big responsibility. And don't be a moron when you come up to the to the crossing. Yeah. I mean, if the lights are going and the and the things are down, don't don't be a moron. There's nothing in the world worth you know dying for. You know, what are you going to be five minutes early? So take your time, take a deep breath, and make sure that uh, you arrive alive. I don't care what you're driving. Doesn't even have to be a Dodge. Just be smart. That's all. Right on, love it. All right, guys, we're gonna uh, we're gonna wrap things up here, and we're gonna let uh, the next group come in and take the studio. Thanks, guys. Um, uh, thanks for listening. Of course, carcastshow.com. You can follow us on social media. I'm at Matt um, at Motorator everywhere. You can see pictures from uh, from New York Auto Show. All kinds of great stuff up there. And you can follow Goldberg at uh, on Twitter at Goldberg and Goldberg Garage and Goldberg nine five and Goldberg's Garage on Instagram. Uh, and, of course, if you like the show, a nice little uh, review on iTunes would be helpful. And uh, go back and check out that Shift and Steer episode as well. We'll tell you more about my travels and uh, uh, in New York, which was fun as well. And thanks again to Nissan for um, for all the wonderful hospitality. Uh, I think that's it. We're wrapping things up. And so, uh, Bill, thanks for calling in. And uh, I see Kaylin over there. I saw Chris over there. Thanks, guys, for helping out. Until next time, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. And check the Instagram on Monday because Goldberg's getting the carbon fiber help. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. 
CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit carcastshow.com.